welcome to another episode of Give, Grow, Repeat, podcast where we chat about giving circles and the communities they serve. And today I'm really excited to have two very capable women join me for the conversation. Christine Cannon, who's founding member of Denver Women in Business for Good, and Coralie Poole, who is the founder and executive director of Undestructible. Welcome, ladies. So happy to be here. Thank you. Well, I'm going to start with you. Um, Christine, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what inspired you to join a Grapevine Giving Circle? Absolutely. Um, and thank you so much for having us today. We're really thrilled to be here. So as mentioned, I'm Christine Cannon. I work as a professional coach and facilitator um, focusing in community wellness. I have a background in strategy and advocacy, and I've been fortunate to serve on a number of nonprofit committees over the years. So I took, uh, like many, a COVID pivot in 2020 from Washington, D.C. out to Denver and was really excited about finding new ways to get involved in local philanthropy efforts and learn a lot more about the, the giving community and our organizations that were definitely much more in need. And so I think it was actually, let me think about this, it was an Instagram ad for Grapevine um, that first was my introduction. And very quickly, I you know reached out to look at how I could get involved and, and learn more about building um, this incredible organization. I had the same experience with Grapevine, saw it on social media and was intrigued. And what was it specifically about the Grapevine offering that attracted you to uh, move forward and start a giving circle? Well, it was really lovely. Actually, Grapevine has already created this uh, entity, a sub-entity of, of giving circles for women in business. So it was really um, a natural gravitation to join other women business leaders that were also connected both professionally and in service in wanting to serve the community. And I think what really drew me was an opportunity to, you know, contribute a skill set and um, uh, organizing, community organizing as well. Uh, to help amplify efforts. So having the Grapevine platform already set to help continue to scale both membership and our community impact was hugely advantageous that it was really kind of a, a plug and play opportunity to, to jump in and, and kind of run with this. Yeah, I like the automated features and the obviously the uh, online payment options is really help, helpful and handy. Um, and how do you choose which nonprofit organizations you support? Yeah, no, it's a great question. You know, when we got started, I think we were all kind of debating if we wanted to create, you know, some bylaws and, and what we wanted to really focus our giving um, audiences towards. And ultimately, we decided we wanted to keep it really democratic. And we wanted to hear the voices from the community and vote as a community. So our only rule is that if it is a nonprofit based in the Denver area, and it's a 501c3, and they're in good standing, um, they are welcome to be nominated. So it's been really phenomenal to see uh, the range, which we'll talk a little bit more about as well, of, of nonprofits that have been nominated, but also just really what is the, there is kind of some natural gravitational pulls to certain causes within the group. Um, that's been really exciting to, to see. Yeah, our giving circle has a similar approach and uh, there's a lot of different focus areas so um, mine is the Santa Barbara Women for Good and we really focus on local Santa Barbara nonprofits which um, from my perspective is um, are, are probably more needy than some of the more nationally known um, nonprofits 
And um, mm-hmm. so when you were, uh, how, well, first of all, how big is Denver Women in Business for Good? How many members do you have? Yeah, well, largely in thanks to Grapevine's platform, we have recently reached 492 members. So in a little bit over a year, we're nearing 500 members. And so, I mean, that really translates to great impact. We've now raised over $48,000. And as we enter our fifth giving cycle, um, we're really excited to see, you know, how this will continue to grow and how we can continue to keep increasing our impact here. And how do you choose those... um grantees so do you said it was a very democratic process do you get together in in person or do you do online we do we've been really fortunate in fact i have to say it's been kind of incredible what has happened in the last year so many members continue to come each meeting so we meet quarterly um, and it's been so nice to have the in-person meetings i mean it's just really a heartwarming experience to to hear from um, each of these organizations. So in our process, I should back up a little bit. We, you know, have a call, open call for nominations for the nonprofits from our community. Uh, and then from that number, we do just a simple drawing and we select three nonprofits from a hat. And then we present and invite these nonprofits with their leadership to come and present and share a little bit, along with we've added having the member who has nominated them. So sometimes it's really interesting. These community members might have a more personal connection, uh, whether they're involved actively or are even a part of the organization or have been impacted, um, which has been profound, you know, to really hear multiple ways that, um, you know, we, we've gotten to know these organizations. And I think what I wanted to add too, which has really been huge, of course, we're increasing, you know, visibility for a lot of these nonprofits, but we're also increasing, a lot of our members are volunteering, are joining fundraising committees, are joining boards. And it's really kind of amazing what is this larger impact of getting community services is happening through this platform. So I just really want to share that as well. I think that's amazing. And the you mentioned the impact. So it's not just financial impact. They're actually increasing their volunteer base. And um, and and from a, a participant in a giving circle, increasing our ability to network with other like-minded people, which is always fulfilling, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. No, the increase of the community engagement is really huge. And I think that's really where we want to keep seeing how we can keep you know, deploying more and more volunteers. In the last um, year, we've, you know, reached out to, I think our grantees have been, you know, a homeless shelter, um, a student accelerator, um, helping older people age well. And of course, as we're going to hear much more about uh, survivors of intimate partner violence. So, you know, it's really been amazing to see just this range of demographics and causes that are being uh, selected. And then also where people are really wanting to continue efforts. Uh, in in staying involved with these organizations too. And actually that's a a great transition. Why don't we move over to you, Coralie? Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what motivated you to create Undestructible? Oh, absolutely. Um, It's it's a long story and I'm going to keep it as short as possible. Um, So my background is actually in apparel design. I spent over a decade in the apparel and footwear industry and in 2019, I made, so this is like right before the pandemic, <laughs> I made the massive decision to pivot myself and 
moved to Denver. I left Portland, Oregon, moved to Denver and started Undestructible in 2020. Um, however, what motivated me was, is, is multifaceted and my story is the story of Undestructible at the end of the day. And, um, coming from the design space that is extremely harm harmful to our planet, um, second leading cause of global pollution next to oil is the apparel and footwear industry. I saw this on a global scale for years and it was really hard to unsee every time it compounded. And so that was one part of it. But initially when I went back to college to get my degree at the age of 25, I looked around and thought to myself, one day I'm going to start a nonprofit where I teach survivors how to thrift and alter clothing for themselves and their children, because I firmly believe that as women, when we feel good, we perform at our best. And if we've got a rise on a pair of pants that is annoying, like it's, we're going to be distracted by it. So in order for women to perform their best, we don't want to have to be messing around with our garments. So that's how it started. That was the initial seed. And, um, but what's more is I myself am a survivor of multiple forms of abuse. And so it really is a culmination of all of my lived experiences brought into one space. And so that's, yeah, my motivation is literally my life. And specifically, what is the, the mission and who do you serve in the Denver area? Absolutely. So our mission is to provide job readiness um, skills and job training and employment for survivors of intimate partner abuse um, while they're creating, learning to create sustainable products from post-consumer waste. So there is a revenue stream that's also a part of what we do, but we do serve survivors of intimate partner abuse in the Denver metro area. And I have to ask, undestructible, why that word? What, what is, I mean, because it's kind of, you're coined a new term. Yeah, um, I actually didn't coin it. Um, it is the so a song by a punk rock band called Gogo Go Bordello whose lead singer is Ukrainian. And I, I firmly believe it's language, just a, you know, language gap. And for me, when I thought about what am I going to call this thing? Like, let me tell you, I still have a massive list in my notes on my phone of all the different things I thought about. But when I started to break down the word, I kept gravitating back to this word because the song itself is about the resilience of the human spirit. For me, that's its meaning for me. And when I broke down the word, um, un being a prefix, right? That means the reversal of something. Destruct is to actually tear things down. And in this case, narratives that we have been led to believe. And then obviously the word able. Um, undestructible, one of our core values is that we believe every human holds intrinsic value. And during the course of abuse, we, for, we forget that, that is taken away from us. And so it's about the reclamation of our innate value in the process and in the journey post-crisis. I love it. Now, your organization was the beneficiary of a grant from Christine's Giving Circle. And can you give us a little color on, you know, how that impacted your organization? Yes. 
Yes. Um, I remember, so my journey with, with Grapevine is interesting. I have a friend that is a member and she sent me an invitation to join. And I was like, okay, now that being said, I've actually been invited to join other women giving circles in the area. And it was the ease of this one. It was also the size of this one, um, where obviously no dollar amount is too small for a small nonprofit. Um, however, when I started thinking about collective impact, I thought to myself, this is the space that I want to be because my resources are limited as a nonprofit founder, right? Um, my resources are limited monetarily and I can give the same amount here, but make a greater impact with smaller organizations in the area. So yes, I am a member as well. And I nominated Undestructible. I straight up asked that question when I joined, like, am I allowed to nominate my own organization? <laughs> and the answer was absolutely, absolutely. And so um, we did receive, we're actually like, we got the notification literally this morning that like the payment is going to like come to us by Friday. And so we were awarded $10,632. And that is huge. I can't even begin to say how huge that is for a nonprofit that has been in existence for three years, has an operating budget of less than $100,000. We do have staff that we pay, um, former participants in our program. But just to give you a, like a high level of what that $10,632 can do, right? We actually pay survivors to come to class. We pay survivors. Um, we get referrals through a partner agency, which is a large family justice center here in Denver. And they come and they spend six weeks with us, two hours per week, in which they make $20 an hour to come to class to work on themselves, learn how to search for jobs, learn how to identify and more importantly, embrace their skill sets and learn how to translate those into resumes and cover letters and become the best candidate for that job, utilizing our lived experiences as well. And we also have mock interviews, we work on personal budgets. So each survivor makes $240 cash in coming to class. And that allows us that the $10,632, I'm just going to keep like repeating that number <laughs> is that is helping 44 survivors. So that may not seem like a lot, but that $240, if a survivor is still in crisis is the amount of money they need to safely leave their harm doer. So it, it's quite amazing. Yeah. And just the ripple effect. So, you know, you're helping 44 women who may have two or three children who, you know, that helps though, you know, times 44, you know, that's, that it gets very big, very quickly, just like the giving circle donations when, you know, an individual, I often talk to people and casually ask them about their, their philosophy on giving and a I'm astounded, but there's a lot of people who say, oh, well, I'm not really very wealthy and I can't really afford that much, but I give when I can. And, and, and that's where giving circles can have such an impact. So you have $20 to give, $100 to give, times that by 300, by 500, you know, to 
um, Christine's point that her giving circle is growing to that extent. And it, it's a massive donation. And, you know, to your point, you know, $10,000 is life-changing to a small nonprofit. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely life-changing. You know, some of the things that I think are not talked about quite enough, and I know this, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit as well, but small nonprofits, grassroots nonprofits that have only been in operation for a few years, they are going to be told no over and over and over and over again by larger foundations with larger grant money because of the lack of history. And so it is a, I mean, it's, it's a gift, a, a $10,000 giving circle grant for a small nonprofit is that fuel to keep that fire ignited, right? Like that's what is so cool about it is it's like, man, I'll tell you what, this is the hardest thing I personally have ever done starting a nonprofit um, coming from a corporate design space. Like I didn't, I don't have a degree in this. Um, it has been incredibly difficult. However, when I meet folks that believe in what it is that we are creating with Undestructible, that's the fuel, right? When a giving circle is like, yes, we we voted, we selected you, here comes $10,000, mind blown. So yeah, it's astronomical. And currently, where do most of your donations come from? Currently, most of our donations come from individual contributions, uh, individual donors. We have quite a lovely individual donor base, and we run an annual fundraising campaign every year. It's called a peer-to-peer -peer fundraising campaign. And so that is where most of our monies have come from, is individual support. Yeah, hopefully giving circles will become more prevalent in your donor base. You know, hopefully. Yeah, what's really interesting, there's another local giving circle that is smaller than Denver Women in Business for Good through Grapevine. And we were selected as their Q2 recipient this year as well. They're there, they had they have pillars that they do every quarter and it was empowering women. And so we, yeah, we got two women giving circle grants this year, which is phenomenal. Great. Let's get two more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and additionally, going back to something that Christine mentioned is um, we have had folks reach out to us and say, hey, I want to get involved. I want to volunteer to do mock interviews. I want to join a committee. I, you know, I have these skill sets that I want to essentially gift you. How can we make that happen? Which is phenomenal. That's the icing on the cake, right? So not only do you get the grant, but then you get additional support through volunteers and, and goodwill. Well, yeah. And can we also talk about the fringe benefits of this? Uh, yes. It's community, right? Like it's community. And having moved here personally to Denver right before the pandemic hit, Christine, during the pandemic, right? Um, socializing... <laughs> was vastly different for the past three years. And so in me, I'm a very social person. And so it has been, that is also a gift in and of itself to be like, oh, we're going to have a happy hour. Let's all get together and just say, hey, and be people. It's amazing. Definitely. I really want to echo what Cora has said too about this community piece. I think what we're learning is uh, there's such a beautiful range of, you know, age and 
uh, background. So there's like mentorship opportunities, you know, and it's like there's this like a full cycle kind of community. A lot of women are talking about how hard it is to be working with children and how they want to mm -hmm. do community work, but they literally have no time as parents. And so this is an amazing way that they can, you know, even if they can't make the quarterly meeting, they can be involved in our chat forum and, and, you know, vote on the nonprofits and be involved in whatever capacity they can. So, I mean, I really want to, you know, attribute Grapevine for creating just this really incredibly, um, I don't know, altruistic, but also communal space for us here, you know? Well, I'm just going to ask kind of a general question and both of you feel free to respond. What's your hope for the future? I think, you know, Christine and I have actually had a couple of conversations around my hopes and dreams for Grapevine um, coming from a small nonprofit, having founded a small nonprofit. Um, it is my hope to obviously see this giving circle grow and the the dollar amount of impact grow also um, with that. However, I would love to see us giving back to our grassroots organizations, really bringing in a little bit of a finer focus, you know, whether that is looking at nonprofits who are within that five to seven year range of operating, who have an operating budget of $500,000 or less. Because as we noted in the beginning of this conversation, it's those organizations that these donations make the greater impact. Um, so I'd love to see that maybe become still de democratic, but a little bit more pointed for the smaller organizations. Um, and I think that we're already kind of doing that naturally. So <laughs> there's that as well. And for Undestructible, I would love to see us grow. I would love to see us finally lock in a grant from a larger family foundation or whatever, because ultimately at the end of the day, these foundations are only required to distribute 5% of their holdings annually. And so there's a lot of wealth hoarding that is occurring within these spaces. And so I would love to see us maybe dismantle and disrupt some of that as a byproduct of our existence, of our mere existence as a nonprofit. Um, and yeah, I think continue to serve survivors and create beautiful success stories that are literally, they floor me every time I think about our successes already in the small amount of time that we have been operating. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate Cora very much all of that. Um, you know, it's interesting. I think my first impact with, you know, what's next for our small grapevine might be doubling our impact. Okay. I'm a fundraising person. So, you know, like, ladies, 50 grand is great, but let's make it 100, you know? But I mean, that's just my default. Um, but I think, honestly, what I would love to see is I would love to see, you know, continuing to diversify our our community. We've, we've got 500 members. Um, I think we have a lot more work to do to increase more of um, who is involved in our community and who's, you know, making these decisions. And, and, and in, you know, I think as well, there's like such an opportunity to do more philanthropy with this group. So whether it's saying, hey, we wanna go to, you know, the gathering place and they were our first grant cycle awardee and, you know, serve a meal as a group. You know, I'd love to see a lot more continued initiative within the community to say, let's just 
book this for eight people and put it on the form and get people there. You know, I'd like to see more of that happening too, not just the networking and business stuff and all that's beneficial too. But I think it would be really cool if we could, I don't know, maybe even consider getting a subcommittee together that kind of like wanted to organize some of that work too. Because I think what I'm, what we're learning is everybody wants to get involved. They just want to know how, and sometimes they just need to be invited. So let me tell you what, we're inviting you all to join, <laughs> start your own grapevine, um, reach out to us, you know, whatever we can do to help support these efforts as well. And I think, yeah, I think we're working to just continue to help women to continue amplifying their voice, their needs, and any way that we can be supportive of growth is, is impactful for us. Well, I've just really enjoyed this conversation with you ladies. I know there's probably hours more conversation that we could have. But um, for today, I think we're going to um, bring this short chat to a close. And I just want to thank you for participating. And um, any parting words before we do close? I'm okay. I think this was phenomenal. I love this. I love being in dialogue with women. So this was great. Yeah, same here. I really appreciate the conversation. And I'm inspired to you know keep moving this torch forward <laughs> yeah absolutely well that'll do it for today's episode of give grow repeat if anyone in the audience likes what they hear please subscribe and share with your friends and colleagues and if you're interested in grapevine go to grapevine.org to find out more about how you can start your own giving circle so um, with that we'll say goodbye <laughs>